Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, 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 welcome to another edition of Nothing But The Truth. Let the show begin. Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight.
Welcome, 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 like I say, to another edition of Nothing But The Truth. I'm your host, Mr. Evan Brooks. And to be honest with you, I changed up the show. I wanted to go ahead and uh, make the show revamp a little bit better, a little bit tighter from what people are looking for and what they want. So let me give you the info about the show. Our show talks about the issues that evolve everyday life that the mainstream will not speak or give full details about, from love and relationships to black history, politics, civil rights, police brutality, and injustice throughout the land. Are you tired of the same old news that really does not give you any news but just straight lies? Are you fed up with listening to the issues that do not reflect your community nor the issues revolving around your community? If you say yes, then you're at the right place. Add nothing but the truth. We're going to give you the truthful knowledge and the news so you can have the facts you need to have for empowerment and true freedom from the chains of society that lingers you from having true knowledge of oneself and how to change the game around in your favor. A lot of news don't talk about the stuff that I talk about. And it's a shame because, I mean, it affects you more than what they talk about. It's the latest style clothes, things like that. You know, that's all nice for them or whatever, but that doesn't reflect how people are getting beat up in the streets, people are getting shot, things like that. You know, we want to talk about the stuff that's going to affect you, you know, new laws being passed to prevent you from voting, things like that. So this show, we'll talk about that. I changed up everything right there. Mr. 910 is not with us today, but he will be with us shortly next week. This is a live show, and you're welcome to call in. The show is 646-716-7911. I do have some notes before I go into here. I want to let you know that Nothing But The Truth is still on iTunes. You just got to go to iTunes, type in Nothing But The Truth, and you'll see the icon posted up there, Reflecting Blog Talk Radio. Another thing is that you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com NB underscore truth or forward slash NB underscore truth and you can get the show and all the past shows that I've been doing for the, since 2007. So I want to get people aware of what's going on around them. We also on Android as well too. The website is being revamped as well too and I will be posting you with a revamp of that right there. I know... That is uh, one of my uh, friends that is an entrepreneur, filmmaker himself. He's about to come out with a movie called, I believe it's called The The Mask. And I'm not going to give too much details as far as what he told me, but he will give me the website. It's going to be kind of like a horror thriller film that's coming out shortly here at the end of the year. But we will be directing you for that right there. And he's up up-and-coming entrepreneur, and I like that right there because we got to keep promoting one another in order for us to grow and thrive. And that's going to be talking about what the show is going to be on for today about Black Wall Street. But before I go in there, I want to like to give you information about the news here. Usually Mr. 910 gives us the news, but I'm going to go ahead and lay out the news. Last time Mr. 910 was on here, he talked about the Chris Milliton issue uh, that took place. I ain't even going to call it the incident. It's another uh, black man getting shot up in the street. Let's be real. It's going on. People are not talking about it. So guess what? I'm going to be talking about it. Last time, 
Mr. 910 is on here. He spoke about how a young 26-year-old black man got shot for defending his daughter, for protecting his daughter from an off-duty police officer who rode his motorcycle, wasn't paying attention, jumped off the motorcycle last minute, and it launched down and it hurt the little girl, four-year-old girl, skin to face up. Face ain't going to be the same again. Father saw what happened, ran out there. And, you know, if something happens to your child. Let's be honest, folks. Something happens to your child. You're not going to be asking questions, oh, how it happened. You're going to jump on it, how it looks. You know, we don't know what's going on. But, you know, that's the first thing you're going to do if you're a father or mother. You're not going to let your child get hit like that while jumping on someone's ass. Well, the cop shot him in the groin. He died at the hospital. He's pronounced dead. So I'm giving you an update because no one talked about it on the news. It's only been posted one time. And I've been following up on the story, and I'm getting the information out to you so we can get our voice heard and start talking about these things. Because if we don't talk about them, these things right here will go by. And it's just going to be like, oh, whatever. Nothing's going to happen. And they don't, we got to stop doing it. We can't let people hurt our families like this. This man was supposed to get married next week to his wife, to be wife, his fiance here. She was going to be happily married with this guy. He already had the daughter from her, you know, by her. And then they had another son. They had a son, and then they had another son on the way. So she was pregnant. So now instead of going to a wedding, they're going to a funeral next week which is really bad. Now, the mother spoke about this, and they were saying that they're seeking justice, which they should, and possibly an investigation now being launched. It should have been launched the first time he pulled the gun out and shot the man. It shouldn't have took this long. Now, it doesn't talk about how the police officer has been suspended, so no one's talking about this guy being suspended. He should be suspended. I think any time a police officer pulled out his gun like that on a guy, They'd be shot like that. I mean, he could have shot him anywhere, to be honest with you. But why you shoot him in a critical spot to kill someone? God didn't have a gun on him. I mean, yeah, he hit you and stuff, but you don't shoot to kill. That's one thing. I mean, I know that cop probably had mace on him, too. So we're going to find out more details about that. But the whole thing about this is that the funeral will take place August 21st at Rock of Ages Baptist Church. So if you're up there in Chicago... Y'all want to pay your respects is right up there. I don't have the time or when it's taking place. Another issue in the news, and Chavez Carter, I know a lot of people heard about this on the news, and they just released another update about it. Well, this took place during, um, from what I got from my notes, July 28th. July 28th, they was police pulling over some guys. I think it was a drug um, they was just checking, you know, checking, see what's going on. Having to pull up uh, Mr. Carter's information, he's 21, had a warrant out for his arrest for uh, drug-related. Now, they said they handcuffed him. They searched him. As you look at the video, all the stuff I'm getting from the Huffington Post, if you are asking questions about that, they they didn't show him being handcuffed, but they did show him being patted down on video. And something that falls off of him, and they look at it and they put a flashlight where it's at. But then they handcuffed him, they say, in the back. That's what they're saying. They handcuffed him. 
But then, why is it that when they get back to the check home again, he's dead from what they story is saying that he killed himself. Now, why would he kill himself? That's my question. Why would he turn around? And how would he do it if he's handcuffed? That's pretty tough to get the gun out of your back because he was handcuffed from behind. And then aim the gun to your head. Now, what they try to do be slick to shut up the media. And the media's probably going to shut up to the mass media. But I'm not going to shut up. But what they did was that they showed video leading up to it. But they don't show any video or you don't hear any audio of the shot. It cuts off right there. So why all of a sudden does the video cut off right there? They won't explain that. You know, that's stupid right there. You know, honestly, they're hiding something, in my honest opinion. This happened in Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas, to be honest with you. And they show the footage now, and they've been on the news. But if you look it up on YouTube, you look it up going by the Huffington Post, looking at this story right here, you make the thoughts of it and make your own judgment on it. Imagine you being handcuffed and you're trying to aim a gun. Aim? I mean, you can have a BB gun or whatever. I'm not telling you to shoot yourself in the head, but if you handcuff and they handcuff and you secure you, it's going to be pretty tough to shoot yourself in the head. And second of all, if you look at the video again, he's being searched. You see him being searched. So how is it that you miss a gun? A gun is not something soft. You know, it's not a soft material. It's a hard metal, usually metal, metal device. <laughs> You're not going to miss something like that. So I don't get that. So they're trying to hide something, Mom's opinion. But we're going to keep you informed on that story right there. It will be so-called suicides that they have. Now, I don't want to delay anything else more about this. I want to talk about Black Wall Street. For the people who are listening now, Black Wall Street took place back in the, the turn of the century, of the 20th century. So, I want to talk about the history of it. Black Wall Street, a.k.a. Little Africa. 1900 to 1921, June 1st of 1921 to be exact. Tuscola, Oklahoma. Remember I told you before on this show that people like to admit things out of history book. I bet you won't find this in your history book. In your normal public schools, you have to hunt this down. And this is true. For people calling in, want to join in, the number is 646-716-7911. Again, 646-716-7911. What happened? I'm going to give you the whole thing. The whole thing consists of 21 churches, 21 restaurants, 30 grocery stores, I mean, two movie theaters, hospital, bank, post office, library, schools. Law offices and private planes. I mean, this is what they had. 36 blocks, black-owned, 15,000 people living in Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma, of color. Now, you did have Indians, too. That's one thing they, they, they ain't going to point out. It was black and Indians working together. Now, as the destruction took place, 3,000 blacks were dead and 600 businesses were lost. There's other businesses going on, but, I mean, it put them in a spot that they couldn't turn around on that right there. Something that, that was 21 years 
took 12 hours to be burnt down. And I, I'm being honest with you. I'm going to give you the facts on it because how this affects us, I'm telling you the bad so you know what the odds are, what they did to put them back like that, to put us back like that, so you can be ready for setting up your own success so you won't get deviated. They won't throw stuff at you like that. They can't get away with doing this now. They will come with a different angle, tax evasion, you know, lying, you know, chumped up charges, things like that. Okay. You know, at a time, from what I've read and what I was studying, from the time that Black Wall Street was set up, it was kind of like the equivalent of a black, uh, well, a mini Beverly Hills at the time. You know, it was the first successful black independent community infrastructure. And what I mean by that, and you're probably saying, how's that? You had segregation going on, so it wasn't like you can go to the stores and sit there. You got to think about it. This is Jim Crow era. You couldn't sit there and do your thing as far as like you do now, uh, conduct business, you know, restaurants, things like that. You eat in the back and stuff. And they were segregated. It was segregated in Oklahoma. And also, we got to take in mind, this was the same area where they had Trail of Tears. And what you probably don't know as well is that Trail of Tears not only consists of Indians, they had black people walking that trail too. So you got to take that in mind, what took place. That took place there, you know, during 1840 to 1843, I believe. So they, they settled right there. And I'm going to give you the whole formation of it too. Now, what made them successful was one of the factors. I want, I want you to key in, and I want you to get your notepads out because I'm really going to give you this stuff right here. This is what you need to take a note on. Hint, notes. Okay. They had to keep to keep it together. They were dependent on one another. That's one thing what Black Wall Street had. They depended on one another to be independent from the outside. No one can affect them on the outside if they work together. As you know, let's say you had a dollar and you took it out. How far would it go before it goes into another black person's hand? Or would, well, let me change it up. How long would it go before it goes to a, a white person's hand or a other like that? As far as circulation goes, back then, it was 36 to 100 times that that dollar would circulate back in that time from one black can to another black can, or black or Indian, of, or of color. Just to be honest, of, of color. It might have took a year before... That dollar that anyone can use would actually fall into a white person's hand, meaning that they went into a white business owner's hand. So you got to think about it. They weren't hiring you like that, you know. One thing you probably do is a sharecropper or whatever that they had, or be on a farm or things like that. And I'm about to break it down for you. I hope you got your notepads out. Now, in today's time, it don't take no more than 15 minutes before it goes outside of your community. So... If you had a dollar, or let's be honest with you, with inflation, you had $10, those $10 would be outside of your community within 15 minutes. That's even from going to get something to eat at Subway. It's not black-owned business. It's not in your community or getting your nails done or whatever. You know, nail shops are usually owned by Asians or whatnot. And I'm not trying to come off as being funny or prejudiced or anything. I'm just being honest with you with having financial independence as young African-Americans. And then 
another thing that I looked at right here is that doctors, lawyers consist of the community, too. I mean, you had people that were in all branches of life right here, which you really don't see now. You see people now branching off, living in different areas of, of let's say, the city. If you're in the city, they might have been on the far side living here or there. You know, that's what you got now. Back then, everyone was together. So you could be next door living right beside a doctor or a lawyer, dentist, things like that. I mean, that's one thing to take care of it. Now, one thing that you don't see from Wall Street, which don't give a damn about y'all, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, not going to care to care about your money. But one thing that Wall, Black Wall Street did care about, their major agenda was to educate their children. Every child shall be educated. Where it's at, well, it's your expense. It's America. It's a capitalist way. You get yours, I get mine. That's not what they had. They wanted to make sure everyone was taken care of. Because the real commodity for investment, you know, if you're a parent as your child, you want to make sure your investment's taken care of. And it should be your child. You should put your child before you put your needs before anyone else's. Your child should come first, you know. That's one thing I I preach about right there. Like I say, it was a typical black community, but they had an unusual condition. In Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, it was set outside black and Indian state. 28 townships were there. One-third who traveled alone, the trailers from 1830 to 1842 were black. So, take that in mind. Again, I say that. One-third who traveled with the Indians during the were black. Black and Indian citizens protest to have a black state governor, since it was considered to be a black state, a black and Indian state. They want to have a black governor, and the treasurer came from a Kansas named Medell. Now, within 48, well, once once he got elected or whatever, Klan rolled up, and yes, it was Klan back then. People act like they don't wear it. It's Klan still now. Now, they ain't going to wear sheets. Now, they will probably be hiding in official roles or dressed up as the police. You got to pick and choose. I mean, you got to look at what's going on now. Look at all these guys getting killed. Look at all these black men getting killed. You tell me, as I digress, they sent him a note saying within 40 hours he was going to get killed. He still took the position. Nothing happened to him. It was a threat. Got people backing him up. You know, that's one thing that you need to take in effect right there. A lot of blacks own farmland out there. And not long before that, you know that they had an oil boom going on in Oklahoma as well, too. They own farmland, and that some of that farmland right there had oil on it. So then they made money right there, too. So that was becoming wealthy, too. The community was tight in wealth. Meaning that hand to hand money is being exchanged within the community. That goes again back on what I was saying about thirty five to a hundred times that money is being circulated within the community. So hey, if I needed to go get something taken care of my car, I take it to the black mechanic over there, or I take it to the Indian mechanic over there, or if I needed to go to the pharmaceuticals, I can go to the pharmaceuticals, uh, go to the pharmacy right here to go get my medicine. If I need to go get stuff for my house I can go to the construction, not construction company, but I need to get stuff at my house and go to a, not a Home Depot, but a, a fixer-up or a, or a hardware store. 
to take care of it, black-owned or Indian-owned. That's what they were talking about right there. You know, and again, they know that they were dependent on each other because if I took it to the white man, 1920 or whatever, or in the 1900s or whatever, early 1900s, they might tell me, you're not welcome. And they might have been tired of it too. They might have been like, I'm tired of being treated like dog shit, to be honest with you. Why should I have to put my money into a place that won't hire me, where I can go right into my community and they won't have no problem hiring me, giving me a chance I have not done anything wrong, and it's going to be treated as a human being. Now, usually during that time, too, houses, it wasn't unusual for houses to be burnt. Things happen every day, you know, because you got to think of how houses were constructed. You know, there wasn't no... No sprinkler systems in the houses or anything like that, like you have now. But for houses to be built up, the neighborhood helped each other to build that house. Now, I'm not expecting us to build a house. None of us really don't have that experience. Not everyone's going to have that. But they made it a way where, hey, you need help. I know someone can help you up get your house back together. And it took a few weeks to get the house built up instead of waiting years and years to get your house recovered. With the blacks and Indians over there in Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma, they had interracial marriages. So the cultures mixed together and everyone worked together. And to be honest with you, you know, some people say no one got 40 acres in the mule. Some blacks got 40 acres in the mule in Oklahoma, in Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma. And like I say, with that happening, all sites on properties popped up later on. You know, people found out that they had oil on their land. They knew that was where the money was at, you know, or became money. The black gold, to be exact, right there. Now, businesses not only thrive in their community, but they were reaching out globally. So people from Europe, people from distant lands wanted to deal with Black Wall Street because they had their stuff tight. It was more effective. They had to do extra stuff. Like I said, you, and still applies this time. You just have to do extra just to be look like an equal. And I know people say, whatever, it doesn't count. You know, you have, you have a affirmative action, things like that. But you got to think about it. Where is it that you can find a job where if you sit there side by side, they give it to you? If you had two degrees, and I might say, no, I don't want to give it to you. I want to give it to the guy I know, you know. Why is that? They can go on both sides of the store right there. But really, you had to do extra just to prove it. You can look at the Tuskegee Airmen. You can look at people doing the civil rights. They had to do extra just to be shown that, okay, they, they know how to do this. Why is that? You know, you had prejudice. You had discrimination. You had people who did things like that, and it still applies to today. They weren't as overt as they were back then, but they had ways to do that. If you look, like I told you, about the job hiring practice that they have here in the country, if you look at career builders, if you can look at any job, they say, we're hiring, we're hiring, but now you must have this and that and a third. Well, that's technically not hiring. You're not going to train them. You want them to already have that on hand. Why is it that every company got to have someone that has three to five years' experience? Why can't you just teach them? Because that's what you normally do. You're just finding a way to just eliminate them, knowing that they don't have that experience. But yet, where are they going to find it at? Every job is not going to be like, I'm willing to do that. And if it is that case right there, 
you trying to pay them little for nothing and then try to be funny. That's not the case right here with the Black Wall Street. People will give them chances to do stuff. So they competed on the international scale. Now, what brought down that fall? Because I told you up front what, what brought down a fall of Black Wall Street is that you had city officials, sympathizers, and the KKK working alone together to say this destroyed them. Because not only, because like I said, they were bringing in people, other companies wanted to deal with Black Wall Street because I had so many businesses. Everyone was so tight. Everyone was like, hey, you need to come see my guy over here. It's kind of like if you know someone who knows how to do what they do, they have someone over to the other side right there and say, hey, you need this to be done. I have a friend that actually does that. And it's okay. Your your business is so good. I want to talk to your friend because I trust your opinion right there. It was knocking out white businesses. Just be honest. It was knocking them out because it was not only equal. It was becoming superior because your business was so tight. And you did a job. I ain't saying you're knocking people out because of your color of your skin. But if you've been doing it so well and you got that tight reputation where you're not trying to get someone to take all that money, they said, let me go talk to this guy right here. So things like that took place to plot to get them destroyed. They was like, we don't want to, we don't want to have competition. We want to blow them out the frame so people can do business with us. So what they did was drop bombs. They flew planes. And you think this is science fiction. It's not. They flew planes, dropped bombs onto Tuska, Oklahoma, in Black, uh, Black Street District. They dropped it. Once they dropped them on the ground, the buildings start burning. They had riots, people were getting lynched. It really messed up the whole system of how things were flowing. Now, like I said, they can put up two or three houses in about a week, but 1,500 houses being burnt up and 600 businesses, there's no way you're going to recover with that. And, you know, federal government wasn't offering any assistance. They were trying to turn the other's cheek, as you see with the history books. The history books didn't show the system as far as saying, well, Black Wall Street, you know, we don't need that. We need everyone to be mainstream with us. And then how are they going to be able to get in mainstream? You take away their livelihoods, you know? That's what happened. People got killed, like I told you earlier before. And they succeeded on destroying it. They tried to eliminate everyone, but people survived. People went back and told, and this is how I got this information to you. You have people who actually were, who survived this whole riot. They don't talk about the 1921 riot in Tuska, but you look back in it, and look back in Black Wall Street, you'll see that they, they relate to one another because it's the same thing. Now, what I'm telling you, as young African Americans, or people or young of color, you know, because it really reflects you that in order for us to be independent, because I know people are saying, well, you're not hiring, and I see where they're saying they're not hiring black people in particular too, because the unemployment rate is higher than it is for white, is that we don't need to be looking on the outside. We need to look within each other. We need to be dependent on each other. Because look at it. look at the odds that they had against them. Okay. They're in segregation. Jim Crow is already applied. They don't have no internet. They don't have any TV. Remember, 
earlier 20th century, they didn't have those things. They barely had radio, barely. But yet they can survive like that and make money like that, and they're taking trips to Paris, things like that. And I'm not lying to you. I can give you the facts right here all day. If they could do it with those limitations that they had, why can't we do it now? And we got everything at our fingertips. You got the Internet. You can reach someone out to the other side of the world easily, just like that. You can talk to someone in a country miles and miles away instantly. We have things in our in our hands. We have radio. We have all types of advertising. We have billboards. You have marketing tools. We have word of mouth. You know, we have networks. We can make this happen. We can become financially independent, economically independent, by depending on one another. And what I mean by that is that instead of investing into your CDs, or your savings accounts, which only probably give you 0.4% with how interest rates are so low, it's a ripoff. And they're holding on to your money, tying down your money. Why can't we invest into companies and become investors within our own community and projects that entrepreneurs are having? Why can't we have something like that and be like, okay, if we come together and we invest in this one company that's within our community – that payback's going to come back on us. We're going to get the money back at a higher rate return. You know, saying, let's say you talk to the guy and say, I'm going to give you 3% or 5% on your investment compared to you using all your money putting it in the bank and they giving you 0.4%. Which one do you think you're going to go for? And you look, I ain't saying going to every person who said I got a business plan, but someone who has a business plan and you looked at it and it's solid. I mean, real solid, and you know that it's going to make money. You might well take advantage of that. Let it be owned by the community, because then you become an investor. You're like becoming a shareholder. That's one thing. Investing into the stock market owned by black businesses. Why don't we do that? That's one thing that we can do to help out one another. You know, there are investment firms out there that are owned by black people. You can get in touch with your stockbroker or your financial manager and, and request those. We really need to start creating Black Wall Streets again. There's nothing holding us back from that. If we can create that within our own community, particularly locally, we can create our own job, our own job growth in our own community. If you only got a hundred dollars, you can invest into the company. So be it. I mean, let's do that. Some people be like, well, I can't give like thousands of dollars. I can give you a hundred dollars every so often. Do that. Now, I ain't sitting there and telling you to do every business that comes into your neighborhood. You got to look at it. You got to look at it and take your time looking at it and be, be realistic. How much am I willing to invest in this company knowing, hey, they're young. They ain't never did this before, but they they got a good plan because it comes with risk. Any company, whether it's white or black, it's going to come with risk. I won't lie to you about that. You have to be able to take a chance on that, particularly on the youth, because the youth are willing to take the risk to make their business grow. They got more invested into it than you. Hey, if you say, I got a few hundred dollars or whatever, okay, this is a livelihood. This is whether a decision going to be like, if I'm going to be able to be my own business, or am I going to have to be working for someone and depend on them? 
You got to think about it like that and that mentality right there. They ain't trying to be working for someone who's telling them what to do, this and that. They, now, in a way, a shareholder will tell them, this is what I want to have. I want to make profits. I'm going to invest. But you got to let them work as investors. You got to give them what they need. And then you tell them, look, this is what I expect to have. You know, I expect to make this money on return. And they tell you, if they, you know, if you could tell, they BSing you. You can go back and talk to a financial manager. You can still go to a financial manager and look at this plan that he gave me. You think this would work? And they'd be honest with you. They're supposed to be honest with you. Yay, nay. But you got to look at it. I actually did that myself. I actually was uh, coming up with a business plan long ago. And I'm still going to do it once everything gets taken care of, that I want to have my own business right there, a few businesses. Have a plan ready to go for the guys and the girls that want to start their own business. Put it in your community. If all possible, put it in the community. If not, get discounts to the community that you're in. For example, I went to North Carolina A&T. Have something offered for the students at North Carolina A&T or nearby schools, been at college, UNCG. Turn that money around that you get for excess profit so much. If you say, I can only give back to the schools 5%, give them back 5% right there. Let's get back into our communities. Let's start out branching the money. Let that money circulate within the community. And you get one community started with one business started like that, another business will pop up. And it works the same way. And then instead of people looking for jobs, can't get jobs, waiting two years for jobs, this and there, they can have jobs within their own community. And the community be more safe, more strong. And communities like that used to be like that. But nobly, you know, the first one was Black Wall Street. You know, we worked within our own community, and we made things work. We made it happen. You know, in my honest opinion, you need to own, have some type of ownership or something. And I ain't talking about no car. I ain't talking about no apartment. But if, without owning, you know, something in this country, you have no power, whether that's land, whether that's, you know, like I say, land, real estate, things like that. You got to have some type of ownership, owning a piece of the company, you have some power to it right there. And that should be the main agenda right there. You know, owning something, having a tomorrow for it, taking care of your family. That's the main agenda. Like I say, invest it into your communities, into projects, have high potential. You do the research on the companies coming up to you and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to do this. And the, the students out there or people who are trying to start up businesses, to start doing it, to stop dealing with the government with loans where they're playing around with your money or whatnot, or banks are playing around trying to not give you what you need to get it going. Just go back to the streets and talk to our people in our community and tell them what we're trying to do and show them our business plan, show them what you're trying to do, see what they can give you. Just have fundraisers. Let's get that going. You know, in the community hands and generating jobs without having outside, you know, outside assistance. Because we're working in inside and putting that money back into the community. You know what the effect would be as far as creating jobs. I know people talk about job growth, things like that. That's one way. No one's talked about that on TV, as you notice. No one's talking about it. We're looking for the government. We're looking for higher hands to to bring our com- uh, community back in. It don't have to be that way. We we can come together and people who have the money within our community. And I'm, I'm saying you can't just talk to people outside but you shouldn't point out first for them. You need to point within your company or community. That way, when it turns around, not only that you're 
investing money into the company. You're investing into expansion of your job, with your job being, your company being expanded. You have people that you can hire now within the community to keep those jobs right there, to make them have money, and they can spend that money within the community, and it goes back and forth. Without the, the investment inside the community, you can't, the community can't invest back into you, as you see what I'm talking about right there. One thing that I do want to say that it not only happened in Tuska, Oklahoma, it happened in Philadelphia, it happened in Durham, it happened in Greensboro, North Carolina, too. We can all do this if we put our minds together and work together. If we work as a collective, a collective on a collective agenda as far as having job growth within our communities, we can all have that Black Wall Street dream. And we can also have what we've been waiting for that's been denied to us, that American dream as far as having life pursuit of happiness right there, you know. That's one thing I do want to point out. If we work together and we put our heads together and depend on one another instead of looking for outside assistance at first and we look at each other and try to invest into our young youth, our young African Americans or people of color that have business plans that want to create business within our community, we can make things happen and it can help everyone out on the long run. Now, I won't tell you that it's going to be a short-term plan. It won't be. we got to be ready for the long haul. we got a lot of work to do, but we got to do it together. I thank you for tuning in to the show. My name is Mr. Evan Brooks. I thank you for taking the time to listen out to the show. You can subscribe to the show by going to www.blogtalkradio.com and be underscore truth, or you can go to iTunes and subscribe or Android and subscribe to the show. We take emails at mb underscore truth at yahoo.com. We also welcome anyone who has any new ideas that they want to present to the show. We welcome those ideas, and we'll take those in consideration. Next week, Mr. 910 will be back with us, and I will be back as well, too, and I will inform you with new things that's going on in your neck of the woods that affects you the most. Thank you, and God bless.